Welcome to PhD with Women on It, Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young, and today's PhD Positivity Hack delivered will be by our guest, Nikki Stewart. Topic, how to find digital freedom. Episode 60 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on it, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my mojo and empathy is critical when you are finding digital freedom. Hi guys. Before we dive into the topic, let me remind you a few highlights. Great news, everyone, from Gunnar Stefansson, Smiley Charity Education in a Suitcase, received a grant from Sliding Through, who is a world traveler. It's great to see women breaking the glass ceiling. There is a new Cayman Islands Monetary Authority Deputy Head of Investments. Congratulations, Guyana Dubet. Congratulations as well to Manusha Shakaradas on, of Texas Instruments, as she is now part of Chief, a private network of empowering women. Chief Maximis, we are not waiting for a seat at the table. We are building our own. That's a good maxim to live by. Congratulations to Belinda Driscoll on becoming the first woman managing director of Kimberly Clark. She's not only the first woman managing director, she's also the youngest person appointed to the role. Great to hear Isavia, director of digital De development, Raquela Ross Angular, finally picked up her award of Nordic Women in Tech Award for digital leader of 2021. Congratulations to Aquelia and continue to inspire women in tech. The inventor and CEO of the unbreakable pantyhose, Shirtex Catherine, raised 101 million, led by HM. Congratulations, Shirtex, and well done on this worthy investment, HM. Well, let's go back to our lovely guest, and we are going to learn how to find digital freedom. As you can see, I'm enjoying this digital freedom in beautiful Caicos uh, Islands, uh, Grand Turk, and it's exciting time to live in a digital era. People are in a quest for a holistic lifestyle while taking advantage of technology and the powerful World Wide Web. The digital revolution has created a wide variety of opportunities. A decade ago, we could not imagine that we would be able to access such a broad amount of information today. Communications with others now cost a mere fraction of what they did a few years ago. Network, hardware, software, and all these services are accessible to the majority of the world's population at an affordable cost. Nikki, our lovely guest, um, also enjoys this freedom and she's going to talk about it and when pandemic happened a lot of people not just nikki not just me entered into the freelancing ecosystem and launched their online entrepreneurial ventures this allowed people to discover professional freedom through flexibility and the ability to work anywhere in the world nikki stewart our lovely guest and 
brings lots of positivity, is a global marketing consultant and digital evangelist. She has spent over 20 years working in a range of marketing roles as a self-employed contractor. Nikki stepped out of the corporate world to explore life as a digi digital nomad. She worked and traveled and was based in Barcelona, Italy and Turkey. It was during the nomadic phase that she crafted the term digital freedom. She believes that we can all monetize our talents and use the Internet of Things, technology and innovation to commu communicate, collaborate and connect and create digital freedom funnels. And we can create this great discussion today. Apologies for being late. We had some connectivity issues, but we are here. And Nikki is joining us from where are I'm you? I'm joining you from the UK, a little market town called Stone. Uh, yes. <laughs> My goodness, not Turkey, not Italy. It's oh, Stone. I wish it was. I wish I could say Maraba or or Ola or Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just hello today. It's a plain Just old hello her. from the UK. <laughs> Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm very honored to be here speaking about um, something that is so, I'm so passionate about, uh, digital freedom. Voilà. Mm. I'm delighted to have you, Nikki, because we only spoke a, a couple of times, but I was mm -hmm. really, really positively surprised by your attitude, your go-getter attitude, and also mm -hmm. the fact that uh, you have, like, no issues with joining anywhere you were joining us today from a handheld device and i ask you to join via laptop <laughs> yes, because okay. i thought <laughs> you know it might be a bit touch and go so i'm really grateful oh, no, for no. you i live i live and breathe digital you, you know this is in my dna i'm almost a, a vp and a device myself i i am always digital everywhere digital screen device phone because it's about intelligent connectivity. That's what will set us free. So yeah, this I, I, I don't just evangelize, I live it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's a good point. Maybe next time we'll join you while you will be walking somewhere in the country. Oh gosh, yes, it's beautiful around here. It's real English countryside. And I go for a lot of walks because that's the way I detach from digital. You know, just, well, not fully because I take my phone and do some Instagram. But um, yeah, I, I love connectivity because it's very empowering for people, you know, and it was only strengthened by the um, pandemic when people were forced to work from home. But people like me who have had the luxury of being a digital nomad, we knew the secret already that, you know, if you're savvy, if you learn new skills, like no one taught me about Instagram. I, I learned it, although I've been in marketing for 20 years. When I first started marketing, there wasn't this internet of things. There wasn't personal branding. It wasn't, it wasn't commonplace to do things like um, monetize your skills, write an ebook. You know, you can literally uh, have a really niche skill now and you can monetize it and make money from it and work from anywhere in the world or just work from home because some people don't want to travel all over the world. Some people just want the luxury of working from home. They might be a mother. They might want to be able to pick up the kids, drop off the kids uh, and just have a bit more of a, there's another term that's banded around a softer life. Um, so that's why I'm very, very enamored by digital freedom. Sorry, I'm just talking away. <laughs> that's great altogether. So Nikki, let's go to, to your um, digital freedom um, 
definition because uh, usually mm -hmm. digital freedom is uh, assigned with freedom of speech whereas you're talking mm -hmm. more about the freedom of living anywhere in the world and connecting yeah. from anywhere in the world as long as yeah. the connection is good i uh, was uh, telling you that we might have a tricky connectivity here mm -hmm. but uh, hopefully we won't have in any interruptions mm -hmm. so give us the definition of nikki um nikki's digital freedom well the definition of nikki's digital freedom is that you no longer have to buy into, you must work a nine to five, you must be based in an office and you must do a traditional job. Digital freedom for me was about, I all I need in my life to create income is a mobile phone and or a laptop. And you could have one or the other actually because mobile phone devices are almost like a mini laptop now and I can work from anywhere. So it gives me the freedom to be able to style my work-life balance or and or it gives me the freedom as we've already said to monetize the talent you know am i a writer am i creative do i do gardening and i want to put a camera in the garden and show people how to do gardening it could be absolutely anything that you can monetize and you know i knew from many years ago that people were making profitable uh incomes from this kind of living um it's it's more commonplace now to know that you can make a good income you know you can match or or go above what you would get in a, a salary a salaried job so that's what digital freedom is it is you just need a device and you can work from anywhere it gives you freedom and and everybody's definition of freedom is different my freedom is i like to travel i have wanderlust i'm a nomad uh, even in the UK, I've lived in different places, so I like that. As I said, another woman's freedom might be that she wants to be home with the children more. Maybe she's had a baby and she wants to have more time at home with the baby. There's all different definitions of freedom, but the freedom is that you, you dictate how you work and how you live through these connectivity provided by tools, unified communications tools, Skype, Zoom, StreamYard, Microsoft Teams, yeah. Because as you said, everything's there free. It's free. You know, the internet yeah. is there. Well, we pay for Wi-Fi, obviously, but it's there. It's free and it's it's to be used for our greater good, I think. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you can choose how you work, where you work from. Mm -hmm. uh, it brings me a, a very interesting story because just last last night I chatted to some guy from America and he was telling me that uh, apparently big news of last week was that Google announced that they want to see their workers more often in their funky little offices and apparently mm. there was an uproar of people not willing to go back to work because they enjoy their digital freedom too much they don't yeah. care about that spa sauna that uh, you know lovely meals in the yeah, office no, yeah yeah so we've had a we've had a real 360 degree turn before it was just the nomads hashtag digital nomads that wanted to be free and work from anywhere and work what hours they wanted to work but now because of the pandemic the hand was forced you know everybody had to work from home work online you know do live meetings and use all these tools that they wouldn't have wanted to in in business of digital transformation digitally adopt before but now they have adopted them they've seen that one they don't have to commute into work two they don't really need a work wardrobe because they're just <laughs> they're working from home you still need a slight work wardrobe but they're saving money i guess and they've got that freedom 
because they can just, you know, probably go and quickly pick up the kids. So people are, are coming a bit more switched on. And I think my version of digital freedom is not far behind where people start thinking, do I really need to be in this nine to five job? Do I need to work for this global company or can I create my own internet, international global digital empire myself? And the answer is yes, because the, the internet um, by default is global. It's a global platform. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have got a couple of uh, listeners. Some of them are quiet. Others are <laughs> tuning in and asking questions. That's lovely. We like to have okay. inclusive discussion. Tell us where you're joining us from. We want to know whether you're digitally free or not. Uh, and we have got first question from Olga Vecina. Lovely to see you, Nikki. How do you approach traveling as a digital nomad? What do you have to pack in your luggage or carry on? <laughs> oh, this is a brilliant question. I absolutely love it. I am the queen of packing in five minutes. If somebody calls me right now and says, Nikki, let's go to Italy, it would take me about five minutes to pack because I only pack a very capsule wardrobe. I pack quite light. I know how to fold my clothes so that they all... Um, you know, fit into a small case. So how do you approach traveling? How I approach it actually as a digital nomad is this. I usually go online and I go to a Facebook group from that uh, area, you know, like you have expat groups or different communities. And I usually join that group. And then I start creating conversations with people in the group. Um, and then I start learning about the area. Also, I go to Instagram and I search in the search bar for hashtag that area. And then, of course, all the posts come up from that area. So I know, you know, what's the cafe, what's the hotel, what's the this, what's the that. And I also obviously book my flights. Um, I usually go to Skyscanner, but I shouldn't be doing advertising for Skyscanner. <laughs> um, but if you use an incognito window, the price doesn't keep going back because they haven't got the tracking of your cookies. So there's actually some hacks for making sure the prices stay cheap as well. And, yeah, I usually... I don't always use traditional. I used to use Couchsurfer many years ago. It's a website where you could just couch surf and it was a lot cheaper way to travel. But um, yeah, packing, I keep it light, small case usually. And um, I usually think plan to buy things in the place because, you know, for example, Barcelona, you have Paseo de Gracia, beautiful clothes shops. So yeah, and I usually just pack flip flops, maybe one sort of heel and a trainer, if that, because usually I will buy something in the destination helps you to travel much lighter. Great, um, great uh, advice. So couch surfing is definitely place to go if you want to travel Cheaper. on the budget. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Well, yes. that means also that you have to open your house to other couch surfers. Yeah, that's what that I used correct? to do. So when I lived in Turkey, I met one of my closest friends, an Argentinian guy through couch surfer because he came to my home and stayed for about a week. And also I was hosting another person at the time and we were like a little family. We just connected and got on very well. Um, and then they can return the favor, but I didn't go to their home. But um, yeah, I was more of a host in Turkey for couch surfers because it was a good way to meet, you know, expats or other people from that were just passing through. And also I'm very much, as you can see, a chatterbox. So I like to sort of show people around, take them to the beach, take them to the mountains in Turkey. And yeah, and it's a great way just to expand your international network. It actually has an impact on business as well, if you are a digital nomad, because usually the people that are traveling are also probably digital nomads too. 
and they're usually creatives like graphic designers, social media managers, copywriters, developers. So it's good to have them in your network as well. And then naturally you'll probably forge, um, you know, little teams or hubs, or they might recommend you to a friend. So it's good for that as well. Agata, sorry, it was actually Olga. Yes, Olga, in response to your, in response to your comment about packing, said maybe we ought to have a packing masterclass from Nikki in the future. Agata. This is this is a bit this is very scary. I actually was going to do a video like this on YouTube and on my Instagram because it's true. It's actually an art form because honestly, about uh, New Year's Eve. Just before New Year's Eve, a friend of mine said, do you want to come with me to this part of the UK for a few days? And I said, yeah. And she said, right, I'll be there in five minutes. And I literally packed in about five minutes. Like I just threw. It was so easy because my mind is just ready. You know, I know what I need to pack. I know what hair I need to pack. I, need, I know what, you know, everything is just boom, boom, boom. Very quickly. Just packed. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So there is an well, art. One problem, one problem that I have, I, I hate packing. I love travels, mm. but I hate mm. packing because uh, it requires some preparation and I yeah. just don't uh, don't like, uh, you know, structure. I'm a creative yeah. mind. So me too. I, yeah. there you go. But luckily, my husband yeah. is helping me with that recently. <laughs> so <laughs> I trained to well. <laughs> so um Agatha Bellon is asking what has been your most memorable mm. nomadic destination for digital freedom Nikki ah that is very easy to answer Barcelona me encanta Barcelona is my oh honestly whenever I go to Barcelona as soon as I get on the plane and when the plane when they say we're landing in Barcelona my whole vibration body mind soul just radiates so much joy and happiness um it was just a beautiful place great memories great connections also i started a lot of co-working i was going to like co-work different co-working spaces meeting lots of creatives it's a very sort of it's got that creative vibration in its dna barcelona as well you find a lot of creative people have moved there to live creative businesses so that is definitely my most memorable place because you know some mornings i could just walk down the beach take my coffee then take my laptop to a cafe and just you know i didn't even have to stay in one place all day i would start the morning here by um hotel w have a coffee walk down the beach go to Paseo de gracia sit with the laptop i can't remember the name of the co-working space but there was a really good new one that they built and you know when i look back now i had such a beautiful life <laughs> but I decided to come back for personal reasons. But honestly, that chapter of my life, God forbid anything happens to me, I will always say, you really lived fully, Nicola, because you really went for it. And I didn't plan these things either very, I didn't plan them for a long time. I always say I manifested a lot of this um, travel life because I just knew that I wanted to do that. And it, I made it happen very quickly. Like within about two weeks, I moved from the UK to live in Barcelona. Right, Barcelona, mm. beautiful city, uh, very vibrant, but also mm. very dangerous uh, for pickpocketing. Yes, reason. absolutely. Only pickpocketing, so. yeah, yeah. So you have to be careful. Oh, 
luckily never I never had any incident with that I think because I'm very vigilant with my bag the way I hold it I never have my phone out or in my pocket it's always in my bag but I don't think it's as dangerous I think the most famous part is pickpocketing but I think that can happen in any tourist destination I'm very protective of Barcelona can't say anything bad about Barcelona <laughs> I, <wouldn't laughs> it's dangerous. I think it's like everywhere they have their little things and yeah but yeah you, yep. don't have, to be, you have to be vigilant in tourist cities I would say absolutely wherever you go whether it's barcelona yeah. whether it's rome yeah. you uh, always yes. have to be careful with your yeah. possessions and yes. do not yes. leave your laptop when going to the toilet oh, and gosh, no, don't no, leave no, no. anything unattended well yeah. i have to say not only you choosing rather expensive places hotel the w hotel is not the cheapest well, no, place. i was at, i wasn't in the w but i did used to go into the w yeah because um I only used to take like a coffee though, or a glass of Prosecco. On a Sunday, I used to go and have a glass of Prosecco, excuse me, and plan my week ahead for work. But there's, it's not actually the W, there's like a sort of beach bar attached to the W where you can have a coffee, about five euros. I do like nice things, you know, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> coffee for five euro in Spain is expensive because you, you know, the normal coffee is about 2.5, but for a little treat now and again, and the view is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I've got I've got loads of photos on my OneDrive. Mm. I bet you do. Loads. So how do you store these photos? Maybe that's another hack. OneDrive, yeah, Microsoft product, OneDrive. OneDrive and Google Drive. So I've been using Google Drive for many, many years. Oh, I don't want you to see my um blue kitchen there. <laughs> um I've been using OneDrive for many years, Google Drive. These are tools that I've been using for many, many years. Many years I used to use Dropbox, but now my photos are stored on either in the cloud attached to my old Samsung phone or on OneDrive or on Google Drive. So as a nomad, well, part of your digital freedom is to use these cloud-based tools for storage so that wherever you are, you can always access them. So, yeah, that's actually how I am. Um, I started talking about Microsoft tools as well a lot, and then I actually ended up getting a role with Microsoft. So it's quite interesting as well. Very yeah. interesting. Yes, so, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, another question. Do you use any of these tracking uh, program software that is attached to your phone or your um, laptop in case somebody steals it you can uh, navigate where it uh, is. my iPhone has got the find find me and I think this is a newer laptop that I've got so I think this is got it on it as well so yeah I usually put I usually tamper in the settings or usually it's preset most of the time but yes because I am a bit of a geek I always look in the settings on every device to see what's been automatically set and what I need to reset to make sure yeah safety security um how I want the um the lighting to be you know the backlighting you can have dark lighting on your phone so it doesn't hurt your eyes too much the blue light so I'm also conscious of things like that now because after you know 20 years of being on devices you have to be a bit mindful of your eyes and how much exposure you have to the blue light that comes off the devices as well. Yeah. Right. We've got quite a lot of questions. I'm sorry, guys, for not uh, being inclusive enough. So let's go to the next question. Uh, Olga Vasina is asking, well, maybe you've touched upon some of it. So you used the self couch surf. What's the best mm -hmm. way to find your accommodation for nomadic digital freedom? Apart from couch surfing, yeah, there are some other tips. 
yeah for your budget i mean you can go to like booking.com or nowadays we have airbnb you can use as well um there's lots of facebook groups where you can do house swaps as well so if you're just going somewhere for maybe two weeks somebody might want to come to your home for two weeks but obviously there has to be a bit of security there as well but i just tend to use um search engine uh skyscanner booking.com not really couchsurf couchsurf was more than eight nine years ago that i used to use that um yeah so pretty much the normal channels really but it does depend on your budget but most of those search engines you can put your budget in and whether you want one star two star three star four star and it will then throw up what you want what i would say is try and do search on incognito mode or you can use a vpn it sort of shields your vpn so that when you revisit the site the price won't go up because they'll, they'll think you're just a new visitor if that makes sense so that's like a little hack that you can use when you're searching on these sites because they're very clever each time you go back sometimes the price goes up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit yeah yep they know you're looking into buying yeah, that yeah the cookies, so they the cookies know. capture your yeah. data yeah <laughs> absolutely so yeah. right next question what is an ideal co-working space have in its dna so what's the oh. best dna of co-working space okay what, what are the elements yeah the best critical? elements i think the aesthetic is very important because it's an office essentially but you don't want it to feel too much like an office it should almost feel like make people feel at home so you know even the architecture the color scheme you know the way the furniture and the tables are laid out it needs to have a sort of community vibe to it as well so there should be a space where people can you know host meetings so the one i used to go to in barcelona it used to be able to be, be able to host a meeting there or a showcase or an evening workshop something like this but face to face um you need to have food there as well because you know people get hungry when they're working from a spot and nice food i think because i think that's a unique selling point for a co-working space if they have nice food or if they Sometimes I think I've been to one where, you know, you hire a desk for a month rather than just dropping in day by day. And they used to even share foods, like the people could bring food in. This is before the pandemic, by the way. So, yeah, good food, comfortability, aesthetic that's welcoming and a community hub. The one I used to go to in Barcelona even used to have like live music nights. So you could meet each other socially as well as when you were working so that you actually make friends with people for networking purposes and just for you know social life mm. i esmeralda is uh chatting about the fact that she also hates uh, packing. Okay. uh <laughs> yeah. i hate packing I like maybe nikki <laughs> miki would do a tutorial on youtube i would love I to subscribe there you go ah, i might do one i need to start my youtube channel again yeah, I should do one because I think as well, I psychologically buy clothes that are easily foldable. Like I just know that I'm the tra I'm a traveling person, so I don't buy, you know, like the skirt I'm wearing today is very, you can just fold it up and it'll be tiny. This jumper, yeah, it's true. A packing tutorial is needed for the world. <laughs> so freedom word. Um, yeah, what freedom. is your preferred data supplier for roaming as a nomad? Oh, oh wow, okay. that's a very good question. Oh, well, I'm actually with um, GIFGAF, actually. 
I don't know why I've been with them for years. Um, and I find them to be pretty good because, you know, as you leave the UK and you land in your destination, as with most mobile providers or data suppliers, they just turn it to, you know, their currency or whatever. Um, so, yeah, GIFGAF. Um, are you talking about when I use Wi-Fi as well? I guess they are. Um, whoever the provider is in the country, I can't remember who I was with in Spain, actually. Here I just use Virgin Media. Um, but yeah, I guess 3G is my data supplier. Sorry, GIFGAF is my data supplier because if I'm with just a mobile device and hotspotting to my mobile phone, they're my provider. And I've never really had any issues with them, to be honest with you. But that, there, are, there, are, there are so many out there. You would never even choice with data providers now, you know, and good deals because they know that there's so much competition. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Right. In Love and in Pain is uh, joining us. Uh, thank you so much for your question. Hi, Nikki. Just curious. Have you ever been stranded in a country? Mm, stranded? No, I don't think I've ever been stranded. It wouldn't be possible for me to be stranded because I'm very, you know, if I was stranded, I'd just find a local hotel <laughs> because I would have my technology in my hand. So I would literally just be able to, even if my battery dies, I'm that person that probably knows where there's a charging point. Or I've been known to be in the airport, you know, crouched down by the one plug in the airport, charging my phone. I had once where there was a connection, I was going to Mauritius and every connection, something kept on happening. And I was like, I shouldn't go on this trip. Something's wrong. And actually something did happen, but I'm not going to talk about that now. <laughs> but I wasn't stranded, let's say. I wasn't stranded, but it's an interesting story. But that would be a whole other broadcast. <laughs> there you go. Today we are only talking about positivity. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it wasn't stranded. It wasn't stranded. No, I was safe. I was safe. So, Aniki, just on this uh, question, have hmm. you ever missed your plane? And how did you deal with that? Yes, I've missed my plane. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I just begged the woman. I was like, please look at me. I've got all this luggage because that time I wasn't packed light. I was coming back from one country to live back in the UK. And I somehow got confused with the connection time. And so I got there. I was like, oh, my God, I've missed it. But I just I just begged the woman and she said, no, no, you have to pay for another flight. And I said, please, honestly, it, it was just an error. I've got all these cases I could I was trying to move through. With all, and I really had like two big, massive, full, almost the size of my body cases. Well, half my body, I guess. And in the end, I just stood there and I think I started crying a little bit. And I think she just said, all right, I'll give you a new ticket. <laughs> Because I was that way, well, she could tell it wasn't, I wasn't making up a story, you know, I got that frustrated, I started to cry and I said, please, honestly, I've just, you know, so I got out of buying another ticket as well. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank honesty, God for that, because honesty is usually, the best policy. Yeah, uh -huh. at that time yeah. I didn't have so much money. to cry? No, honesty, <laughs> honesty, because I said, I was honest with her, and at that time, you know, I didn't really have a lot of money to be buying another ticket, and I said to her, you know, please, I'm really sorry that I missed that flight, but I've got all this luggage and it's difficult to move through the airport. And she could see in my eyes that I wasn't lying. No, I wouldn't cry or lie. I don't tell lies. No, 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 no. Mm. That really isn't me. I'm too, I'm too honest, in fact. There you go. Honesty yes. paid off. Uh, Marianne Madera says, thank you so much for the hugs, Nikki. You're <laughs> awesome. 
Thank you, Marianne, for uh, saying Natalie has got a question. Hello, Nikki. Mm. Being a location independent nomad, how mm. long do you usually stay in one place? Mm. Well, I think I usually stay about maximum two years, if that, a year to two years. Because although I'm location independent nomad, I still like to sort of get a feel for the place, enjoy it, make friends. So I don't just go there and move on immediately. So I would say in all the main places, yeah, I stayed probably about a couple of years. Barcelona was nearly three. Turkey was almost three as well. Italy was much shorter. Um, but yeah, so about two years, I think then I start getting itchy feet and feel like it's time to explore new territory. And then I start, you know, subconsciously looking on Facebook or just thinking, I always know when it's time to transform and change my life. So it's the same with the travel. I just kind of feel it inside me, itchy feet, wanderlust, and I start knowing that it's time and then it just happens naturally. Yeah. Right. So how do you make friends while being a digital freedom nomad? Facebook, to be honest with you, I join Facebook groups. There's always expat groups. That are, there's always groups for, you know, whatever. Also, I go to the meetup website as well. Um, Eventbrite is another one. And I used to also join a, there's an international expats community. You can join their website for a subscription of maybe like 20 euros a month and they invite you to lots of events and they're global so you'd always get invited to events so that's how i make friends and then i just yeah and as i'm co-working or sitting in cafes where people work from i usually get talking to people to be honest with you so i make friends like that but facebook groups definitely i think that's phenomenal that we've got digital platforms like social media where you can make friends also instagram i've made friends from instagram and then we meet up in barcelona and um or wherever wherever i was and then you become real friends and it's great and then you actually use the platform to communicate with each other because you text each other in instagram or you or you message each other in facebook messenger and yeah it's great yeah i'm very grateful for these digital tools do you keep in touch with these people after you moved on to oh, the yes, country? Yes. oh yes 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 all my friends are all over the world joy is in africa now uh, Sunkissed Didi's in uh, somewhere like Ukraine or Latvia. Uh, yes, I've got friends all over Canada, all over the place. Some of them are still in Barcelona. Obviously, some of them were Turkish in Turkey, so they live in Turkey. <laughs> They're not moved. Not all my friends are digital nomads. Some of them are the native people that live in the place as well. Yeah, I've got Spanish friends. Yeah. So, Nikki, you talked about the building uh, your empire digitally and mm. uh, people will come and find you can mm. you walk us through what are the steps to start your emporia whether it's mm. during pandemic or we are almost mm. in the phase of finishing pandemic so i think mm. it's a good start no matter what uh, mm. where you are what would you say are three main things that you need to focus when you start your building your digital mm. emporia well i would say kind of identify what you're passionate about because like i say the beauty of digital freedom is that you can monetize pretty much any passion like from being a clothes designer or a makeup enthusiast or 
to somebody who likes to talk to camera and host videos like this, you can monetize it, you can create a business. Then I would say just start being visible online because for me, I've been found on different platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and it's led to opportunities or me finding clients. Also, you don't have to be perfect to show up online. You can just go live, make mistakes, be shy, tell people, oh, I'm a bit scared about being live, because actually that's part of being human. And it's also part of personal branding, like show up as your authentic self. So I'd say identify what you think you've got to give to people or what you want to monetize. It can be more than one thing as well. And then I would say start showing up online, pick a platform, pick Instagram, pick Facebook. It doesn't have to be live at first, just post something. And I would say just start telling your story maybe to start posting and look at accounts that you probably admire and try and mimic some of the things that they do in their accounts. Like how do they post on Instagram? What styles do they use? Do they use videos? Do they use reels? Do they use photos of themselves, lifestyle shots? And the third thing, hmm, I would just say work on your mindset as well, because even in 2022, it's not commonplace for people to say, do you know what, nine to five isn't for me. I'm going to start my own digital emporium or empire. Empire might sound like a big word, but I will tell you that people are making, you know, £10,000 a month from digital uh, products and monetizing different elements, ebooks. Uh, there's so many things. I wouldn't have time to talk about them all now. But um, so it's visibility online, start today, start now. Mindset, work on your mindset so that you overcome the fear of doing something different to what the mainstream people are doing, although it's becoming more commonplace for people to create digital freedom funnels or to set up a blog and monetize it. Like there's some women that I've been following for many years. So I saw them at the beginning of their journey and I see them now. And most of them are millionaires because they just kept going. And they just started from an, a basic blog. Then they went and built a little bit of social media presence. Then they probably started getting invited to things like this to speak. Maybe they had a podcast, maybe they built their YouTube, because it is about building blocks with digital. You have to kind of be across platforms because you have to build digital touch points where people can validate who you are. And you don't need to have a thousand or million followers to generate business from the internet space. You just have to keep showing up consistently. That's that's the main thing I think, show up. Keep showing up consistently. Someone will see you and want your service product or just your vibe. So, Nikki, tell us about your Emporia. What do you do? <laughs> well, my Emporia, that sounds a bit more grand than what it is. So I started out in marketing 20 years ago. I studied marketing at University Media and Communications degree, and I'm a chartered marketeer. Then let's go fast forward about 10 or 15 years. Sorry, my dog's eating something off the floor. Anyway, I then thought, I need a break from corporate, all this stress and hustle and bustle. And I just Googled jobs abroad. And that's when I found this place in Turkey that needed like a volunteer. So I went and did that. Um, so my emporia is I do marketing consultancy for corporate clients. So that's like local or central government in the UK, the National Health Service. I work for Microsoft UK as a customer success manager, working with the NHS on an interim role. And um, in the background, when I was living abroad as a nomad, I would just find business online. So when I say show up, I just show up on um, Instagram, showing nice pictures of me in Barcelona, 
tell stories about what I'm doing, create my own hashtag boss babe in Barcelona, but don't look for that now because I think I took down all the posts for that. And then, yeah, the digital freedom was just getting myself out there. I used to go live on, not live, create videos and put them on LinkedIn. Before, pe people weren't really doing vlog-style videos on LinkedIn. But I just thought, well, if it's good enough for YouTube, it's good enough for LinkedIn. And I got lots of positive feedback from that. You know, people were like, oh, you, you're always smiling, you look happy, and just being myself, really. So my Emporia has two strands. It has the corporate clients that I still work with. So agencies find me that work. And it has the freedom, the digital freedom funnel where people find me or maybe I find them. But I'll be honest with you, mostly people find me in social media and say, do you do content creation? Do you do even workshops? When I was in Barcelona, a lady said, can you do some social media coaching? And I said, sure. So we used to meet at a cafe and show her how to use Instagram, show her, tell her about hashtags, strategy. And yeah, I got paid to be a social media coach. So yeah, I don't put myself in a box. I do many things. <laughs> so none of us are able to achieve success without some help along the way. Who mm. are you most grateful to and what for? Mm. I suppose, who am I most grateful to? Probably my mother, because as a child she said, you should know that you can do anything, you know, you put your mind to. And she was right. <laughs> my mother is almost the first uh, life coach, really. So yeah, my mother, um, who else am I grateful to? Probably just the universe, because I believe in the law of attraction. And I have some really good friends in my circle who are also quite dynamic people. And again, I met them through the power of digital freedom because I started a blog many years ago. Again, that blog doesn't exist anymore, but I connected with somebody, you know, and I've got good advisors. So I'm grateful to them as well, because it's not easy being a digital nomad either because you have to sacrifice. It's still like you're still running a business. So you do have to make some sacrifices along the way, um, especially when you're starting out as a freelancer. You don't just get clients straight away. You have to build up a portfolio and you have to kind of build up, as I said, that visibility about yourself. And I made a lot of sacrifices like uh, I was a highly paid consultant here, but then I just decided to be a nomad. So I had to like lower my living costs you know, you can't go and buy posh dresses all the time. But I didn't mind because I had my freedom. And all I needed was my flip-flops and my dress and I could work from anywhere. So <laughs> I was quite happy. <laughs> I didn't need all of the trappings and it taught me some good lessons. So I'm grateful to the internet, technology, innovation, my mother for saying you can do whatever you like. And yeah, that's probably it, really. There you go. Just like the donkey in the background who passed away. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, Nikki, can you touch upon the law of attraction and tell us a little bit about uh, what attracted you to action? Um, what attracted me was, I think I mentioned I was working in a job and then I decided I needed a break to go and travel because I just felt in my soul I wanted to start traveling. So a friend, a colleague of mine lent me the book The Secret and I read it and I was like, wow, yeah, this is true. Whenever I thought about something, and I just believed it would happen. And I kind of said, I, I, I would like, I would desire this to happen. I always attracted it into my life from quite a young age before I knew about the law of attraction. So really it's just about how you position thoughts and how thoughts become things. So for example, when I moved to Turkey and Barcelona, people, they were like, how did you just like two weeks ago you were doing this job and then two weeks later you were in Barcelona? 
And I said, because I use the law of attraction, because I did. Because when I make up my mind about something, like when I'm 100% clear on what my desired outcome is, and I don't have to say it to the universe, but in my mind, it's clear. So it's moving through my body as an energy and a decision. Then I start attracting the things that I need. So it was very easy to find a room in Barcelona, to find a, I had a little dog with me, so I didn't take a plane. I found the app Blah Blah Car. So we drove from the UK, got on the boat and then drove the other side. And I was able to take more luggage with me. So yeah, I really believe in the power of mind over matter. You can call it manifesting, but some people give manifesting the word bad press. So I just say the mind is very powerful. When you think something and decide, you start attracting it to you. Just things, people, um, solutions, you know, it just happens. Right. Uh, so we are heading towards the end of our show. I've got a couple of more questions, but uh, probably not this time around. And Nikki <laughs> is talking about how to find digital freedom. Unfortunately, we are not free of time passing by. <laughs> So, as we talk about love of attraction, I would like mm. to mention a great quotation prepared by Gracie. Don't worry about being successful, but work toward being significant, and the success mm. will naturally flow. Yes. That quotation yes. by Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yes, I thought I recognized it. It's true. You don't focus on being successful. I say focus on being you. There's a word I love called meraki. Your meraki, only you have your meraki. You're unique as a person. So use it. Use your meraki. I dance on I dance on my Instagram sometimes. I sing everything because that's who I am. And that's what people say. Oh, sometimes, Nikki, I just see you smiling. And I think, yes, I feel energized today. Mm. Yeah. Information is nutrition. Knowledge is nutrition. Art is nutrition. And they set us free. Internet mm -hmm. is a great library. Great library mm -hmm. is a freedom within wisdom in this digital age. That's mm -hmm. Barry's Gensel says that. Right, we are heading towards the end of our show and we've got very vital questions here, Nikki. Mm -hmm. What was the number one book that you wished you read before you started your career or started your digital freedom journey? Mm. Hmm. Probably this book I'm reading now, and I'm trying to find it. The title. Oh gosh, it's a book about the mind. Um, just about the mind. It's about the chimp mind and how you know when we're scared of doing things, we get this inner voice that says, you know, why do you want to do something different? Why don't you? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? Or you might think, no, it's not possible for me to do that. Not for, not for me. So I wish I'd read more mindset books because I think I wouldn't be here now because I got to a point where I thought, well, maybe I should try to be normal. <laughs> so I came back to the UK. I entered back into corporate life. And, well, I have to be careful what I say because this is live on the internet and people could watch this replay. I don't regret anything in life, but sometimes I think, you know, maybe if I'd worked a little bit more on the mindset, I could have built the empire up a bit more and or stayed more in the digital nomad space. Yeah. Right. And uh, are you working on any exciting projects right now? I'm just working with a public sector client. It's, it's not 
super exciting, but it's okay. I'm doing a range of um, events, um, planning communications, like writing for the internal website and planning an, an employee engagement event because I work across the communications mix. So it could be PR, uh, internal communications, employee engagement, change communications because I work out mostly on digital transformation programs but this particular contract isn't a digital transformation program it's more about building a corporate strategy and helping the employees get to grips with the new vision and refreshing the assets so you know posters signage and all of that kind of stuff like the branding for the organization to make it a bit more modern so i do find anything creative exciting so i should say yes it's very exciting <laughs> because you don't know who watching but yeah for me it has been 20 years in marketing so for me creativity is always exciting so yeah it's it's, it's I, good so it's good you started as an embryo i believe if you've been working in a no no i wish i was an embryo I'm, 40, I'm 45 so no i'm not i did start as an embryo wow. <laughs> my goodness you're only one year younger than me there you yes, go i didn't 46 know that this year. yes i'm not a young girl <laughs> oh my goodness the but best year 1976 there you yes, go 1976 yes yes <laughs> absolutely so can you please give us your favorite life lesson quote and how did it change it oh my favorite life lesson quote the only constant in life is change. That's my favorite quote, because, you know, when I think about being a nomad or any phase of my life, I just think, well, it's always going to change. And if you feel in your heart that you want to change your life, you've got to go for it because life, it really is too short. You know, I could have said, no, I can't be a digital nomad. It's dangerous to not, you know, people did say to me, you can't do that. You'll never be able to come back and get a job in corporate. But I was like, yes, I can. It's a big wide world out there and we are lucky enough to have technology in our hands and I can do whatever I put my mind to, to be quite frank, and anyone can. And that's what the top percentile of, we can call them successful or wealthy people. I don't say rich, I say wealthy because I can tell you all the people that are incredibly rich have worked on their mindset and overcome their limiting beliefs. So that's the key. The only constant in life is change. Yeah, <laughs> I use that a lot because of working with people around digital transformation. I, I'm always telling them that you shouldn't be scared of learning how to use a, a device or Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever, because it's part of the evolution of life. It's just part of life. And it's an opportunity to learn something new. And when you're learning new things, your brain is stimulated and it, I think it raises your energy. So yeah that's it really and we talk when you talk about change uh, the, the mm. big change was obviously pandemic and mm -hmm. uh, that leads us to the next question mm. imagine the pandemic is over and you can have private breakfast anywhere in the world with any person in the world who would you invite and where would you go to wow wow that is a phenomenal question Ooh. I think on my bucket list is Maldives, Maldives. So I'm going to put Maldives because I keep imagining, you know, when you're in the pool and the, the, the breakfast floats to you on a tray and you're just in the pool maybe eating breakfast or sitting at the side of the pool. Who would I have breakfast with? Oh, wow. I Probably Oprah is somebody that would be on my list, Oprah. Because I think she would just have some really wise words for somebody like me or anybody. 
Oh, uh, who else would I have breakfast with? Oh, that's a very good question. I suppose it's Oprah Winfrey. I've, I think she's a woman that I'd like to meet. Uh, you know, she's a woman of colour like myself who has been through, you know, ups, downs and turnarounds, as I like to call it in life. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind having breakfast with Oprah in the Maldives. That would be nice. She she definitely has got through quite a lot of changes. Um, yes. So that's yes. going to be inspiring. Very, breakfast, very for inspiring. sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Nikki, I know that you are going somewhere uh, in with your current strategy or with your mm. future clients. What's mm. next for Nikki? I mean, mm. once this client is over, are you planning any exciting location for your next venture? Uh, at the moment, um, not really planning a location, but maybe planning to host helping people find their digital freedom um crafting out their like personal brand mostly women i would say um i'm trying to create like a signature they call it a container or a package that a woman on the rise she's probably not new to business and she doesn't necessarily have to be a nomad but she would want to learn some of these digital skills that could enhance her personal brand or launch something online or monetize her passions and give her a sense of purpose. But it wouldn't just be about the digital skills because I found that in my career and or digital nomad career, there are lots of facets that need to come together. How you look, how you present yourself, how you talk, how you walk, how you sit in front of the camera, she says, on things like this, even the makeup you wear on camera has an impact. I've chosen a very neutral lipstick, as you can see, it's barely there. And I think there's a lot of etiquette that you need to learn tech etiquette, that's quite important. And um, yeah, even the aesthetic of your Instagram or your Facebook is important. So these are some things that I'm, I'm thinking of maybe bringing together for that woman who wants to really level up. And she also wants to work on her mindset as well, because I can't I can't stress enough how important it is to do the work on the mind and the body because a lot of people are not realizing their potential because they don't think they're worthy of having that life. And that's because they have limiting beliefs. There's a book called, or a quote, or a book about the body keeps the score of everything that's happened to you, all the traumas, all the pains, all the rejections, all the bullying, all the this, all of that. You've got to work on those things to elevate. Mm. Right. Uh, thank you so much, Nick, Nikki, for your very, very useful um, feedback uh, on welcome. how to be and live and breathe a digital nomad <laughs> life. Mm. Digital freedom is important. Wherever in the world you are, you can set it up with a click of your button. Next mm. week, we're going to talk with uh, Harry De Phillips, who, as mm. some of our viewers know, We've had, uh, we hosted on Positivity Hacks Delivered just last year. She talked about sisters in SEO, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. This time she's going to talk mm -hmm. about why public relations is important to your brand. Very mm -hmm. much in line with what mm -hmm. you're going to talk about and prepare for mm -hmm. your audience. So hopefully yeah. you will join us. I will, I will. I will. <laughs> 
and in the meantime, I've got to continue. And that's it from number 60 of PhD Livestream. Thanks to our guest, Nikki Stewart, to stay updated and ensure you never miss a positivity hack delivered. Follow Woman Omens on it and turn on notifications to be alerted once a video has been released. When you focus on positives, the positives get more positive. As always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive each day, even if some days you have to look a little bit harder. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude, as Maya Angelou says. And we know change is an inevitable. So thank you, Nikki, for joining us. Thank you very much, our commenters today, Olga Vasina, Agatha Bellon, Mary Esmeralda, in Love and in Pain, Marianne Madera, Natalia Lanta. Good luck. Good <laughs> digital freedom to wherever in the world you are. Today is your date to hack the future. Hack the positivity you want. <laughs>